0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra
1: Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's Dear Viv, it's a Christmas special. Dealing with the pressure of hosting Christmas dinner, a first Christmas after losing your parents, telling a child that Santa won't bring an expensive gift, and a Christmas pregnancy our first question this week. Dear Viv, why the hell do I put myself under the pressure of organising a family Christmas when I get so stressed doing it? I come from a big family and across the year we take it in turns to host family dinners. I never offer, firstly because when my family comes round they never go home and secondly because when I cook I go all Delia and want to showcase amazing food. Then there's all the clean-up afterwards. Ultimately, it costs me hundreds of pounds and leaves me stressed. What's the solution? Dear Reluctant Delia, I don't know. Why the hell do you put yourself under the pressure of organising a family Christmas when you get so stressed doing it? I can feel the heartache and the frustration oozing out of your question, not to mention the -the bang-your-head-against-the-wall madness of your own self-defeating behaviour – But I get what you're saying because we've all done it, moaned and groaned about having to have people around for dinner and then cooked a seven course Cordon Bleu extravaganza worthy of Heston Blumenthal's Christmas special just to prove that we're worth it or something. Seriously, what are we trying to prove? You know what I'm going to say here. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. You need to set some and not just for others, for yourself. First, The question of whether to host it in the first place. I say this and I say it clearly. If you do not want to do it, do not do it. You say you never offer to host these dinners, and yet somehow it seems that you end up hosting them. And no wonder everyone invites themselves round to yours. You massively over-cater and then they never have to leave. If I was your sibling, I'd be inviting myself round every night. It's time to reclaim the sanity. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. I can't say this often enough. You don't even have to find an excuse. Just say, and please practice saying this, I'm not doing it. End of. If you feel you can't go this far, then practice your excuses. I'm not up to it at the moment. I have too much on at work. I've been really under the weather all year. I can't manage it. Cooking makes me feel nauseous at the moment. Let them speculate that you're pregnant. Anything but making you cater for all of them. Best of all though, don't say anything, just say no. Second, there is an option for you to say yes, but it involves you saying yes in a way that makes you happy. Maybe there is a part of you that enjoys hosting these dinners and maybe you really do want to say yes. Make a list of all the things that could happen that would make this into a happy yes for you. What if everyone contributed £50 so you didn't have to pay for everything? You can send them your bank details and a deadline to pay by. Better still, delegate this task to someone else. What if everyone had to bring something with them to help with the catering? What if everyone was assigned a role, someone to help lay the table, someone to do the washing up, someone to act as your sous chef, make it into a fun thing, give them sticky labels to wear? What if you acted as the manager or leader of this project rather than the person who has to do every single task on her own and pay for it all too? Would that make it fun? If the answer is yes, then go ahead. You can do this. My big thing for 2018 is going to be this, and I want it to be yours too. Teach other people how to treat you. If you pay for everything, do everything, cook everything, and throw in Adelia triple-cooked goat's cheese souffle as an intercourse appetiser, they will certainly learn how to treat you like a doormat. They'll come back and ask for more. And who can blame them when you've already showed them how much you want to give so let others see what your limits are and don't let them test them. First though, I think you know the truth. Work out for yourself what your limits are and make a promise to yourself not to bend them for anyone. Our next question this week. Diviv, I lost both my parents this year and I'm dreading Christmas. I decided against spending Christmas with my brother and his family abroad because I think it will be just too difficult for me to handle. Instead, I will stay at home. I may see my friends on Boxing Day. How can I distract myself? What can I do for myself to block the meaning of Christmas messages which I'm being subjected to from all directions? Oh, God bless you. I'm so, so sorry for the loss of your parents. That's just a horrible thing to go through in one year, and I can't imagine how you must be feeling. There are so many cliched things I could suggest, and I imagine you've thought of them all already, but I will list them just in case it helps. Have you thought about doing something completely different which will ensure you're surrounded by people? how about, and here comes the cliche, I'm sorry, how about volunteering? This has become such a popular activity for people who've had enough of Christmas for a variety of reasons that you now usually have to volunteer at most homeless shelters for at least three days. It would really give you something to focus on outside of yourself and it will keep you busy and active at a time when I think you really don't want to be on your own. Or... I wonder if you can reach out to people you don't know that well and explain your predicament. If you were a work friend of mine, for example, I'd be more than happy to help. And there are loads of people who love the idea of having an extra person round for Christmas just to soak up the insanity of their family. Not that I'm talking about my family, of course. Other families are available. We all know that our families can be much better behaved if there is a stranger around. It's less easy to unleash the crazy. Maybe talking to others about this in advance might help too. You might be surprised how many other people are looking to escape the traditional Christmas. Which brings me to another option. Could you find other individuals who are looking for something different to do? Maybe arrange a pub lunch on Christmas Day or a Christmas brunch at yours. I don't want to say a lunch for waifs and strays, but you know what I'm talking about here. Anything to keep you focused away from your usual traditions and away from being alone. The final option here is to accept that perhaps you do want to be alone. A friend of mine had to make a similar decision last year And she booked herself a holiday on her own to Morocco and had a fantastic time doing just whatever she wanted and ignoring Christmas completely. Is this the time to travel somewhere exotic? Maybe even take a flight on Christmas Day itself when it's cheaper? Is there a spa open somewhere? Or could you just hole up at home and make a schedule for yourself, watch five films you've always wanted to watch back to back, binge watch at least three box sets, do all the laziest and most self-indulgent things you can ever think of. The important thing, though, is to make a schedule and stick to it. I think maybe the worst thing you can do is to not have a plan A plan which seems weird or uncomfortable to you is better than not having a plan. Also, I strongly, strongly advise complete avoidance of alcohol. More generally speaking, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and doing something you wouldn't normally do is the best idea. Seeing your friends on Boxing Day is a great idea. Also, reach out to them for other suggestions. Get creative. This is an opportunity for you to make some memories that will keep you going over the next year and really show yourself that you're capable of getting on with things on your own. Without knowing your thoughts and feelings about your parents, I'm sure that's what they would most want, for you to do something that makes you feel good. Try and honour them by working out what that might be. Good luck, and I will be thinking of you. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, my six-year-old son has asked for a couple of really big ticket items for Christmas. An electric car and a robot, if you really want to know. We're just completing a massive renovation job on our home, and we really don't have the money left to buy expensive presents. Plus, I don't agree with spending that much on a six-year-old anyway, especially when the novelty will wear off quickly. But he's obsessed, and I really don't want him to be disappointed at Christmas. What should I do? Oh, thanks so much for your letter. I particularly love that you included the website details for your son's requests, almost as if I might be persuaded to buy them for him myself. We aim to please at Dear Viv, but unfortunately we cannot fulfil Santa's entire Christmas list. Only Santa can do that. But oh dear, oh dear, we have got locked into a nightmare here, haven't we? The nightmare before Christmas. Uh, A car that costs £140 and a robot that costs £169. Jeez Louise. As the mother of children aged 7, 11 and 14, however, I am not remotely shocked. It's very easy to get sucked into this vortex of consumer hell and you are right not to give into it, even if you could afford it, which clearly with the renovation, you can't. No six-year-old needs a £169 robot. Let him make his own one out of cardboard, I say. Meanwhile, let me take you on a little festive journey back in time to what we call in our family the Christmas we don't talk about. At the time of the Christmas we don't talk about, my eldest child was about seven or eight. He put one item on his Christmas list. Yes, that's right. Count it. One item. It was a Lego pirate ship and it cost £400. Yes, you heard that correctly. Four. Hundred pounds. He put no other items on his list and he said he wanted nothing else, only the Lego pirate ship. Now, clearly, this was a ridiculous request, and no child should ever own anything that costs four hundred pounds. But this child was not a stupid child and he had worked out that the cost of all the combined presents he received from everyone was probably getting on for something in the region of 150 or 200 pounds and maybe there could be a scenario where all the presents could be amalgamated and somehow Santa could swing it and get some extra cash. In short, this child was full of hope. He was also a fervent believer in the power of Santa and he thought that if he asked Santa for one thing then Santa would bring him that one thing. When Christmas morning dawned, he received many beautiful and expensive presents. He did not receive the £400 pirate ship. He also did not speak to us for the rest of the day or the rest of the next few days, actually, possibly weeks. I've blocked it out. So gutted was he that Santa had not done what Santa had supposedly promised. There was nothing we could say or do to make it better. We tried saying that he was very ungrateful and silly. We tried emphasising how great his presence were. We tried explaining that £400 is too much for a pirate ship and too much money for one toy for one child. We tried everything and we failed. The only thing that healed the situation was time. And even then, maybe seven or eight years later, I'm not sure it's fully sorted. As I said, it's the Christmas we don't talk about. So please learn from my example. Set expectations now. Say to your child, those are very beautiful things. I'm not surprised you want those lovely things but they are very expensive, too much for a toy for any child. Santa loves giving children presents they will love, but he has a limit as to how much money he will spend. It's really important to him, otherwise he would not have enough money to spend on all the presents. There's no way he will be able to get you those things. Try and encourage him to find other, more realistic things to want. That really is the only advice I can give you as someone who has been there. We do give ourselves a rod for our own backs with all this miracle Santa business and this is exactly how it backfires. On the plus side, life is tough and this is a pretty good place to start learning. You say you don't want him to be disappointed. Well, life can often be disappointing and the loss of the robot and the car will at least be character building. Also, all this will be over before you know it. The boy who was once desperate for a pirate ship what seems like yesterday now just wants cold hard cash and to be left alone with his iPhone. So make the most of these foolish moments now with all their ups and downs. A bit of disappointment never killed a child and although it very nearly killed many parents to watch it you will survive. Our last question this week. Siviv, I've recently found out I'm expecting my first child which my husband and I are thrilled about. We're past 12 weeks so the news is trickling out to the extended friends and family group but we're not a very shouty or showy couple and Christmas is obviously a very social time with lots of people you haven't seen for a while. I'm thrilled everyone is happy for us and super excited to be sharing our news but I don't want it to be the only thing people talk to me about at social gatherings. My closest friends have been great beyond the how are you feeling? It's back to normal chat. So how do I politely try and shift the conversation away from everything baby over the festive season when we'll be seeing so many people who want to know everything? How big? What sex? Will you find out the sex? What names are you thinking? Oh, go on, please tell me. It might sound silly and a bit selfish. I should just be happy they're so interested. But any tips on how to politely shift focus would be greatly welcome. Many thanks and happy Christmas. Oh, happy Christmas to you too, humble expectant mother. And congratulations on your pregnancy. Your letter amused me a lot as I I felt quite grumpy towards you as I was reading. Come on, where's your Christmas spirit? Let people fuss over you whilst also remembering that I felt exactly the same way as you when I was pregnant. I really didn't want people to make a fuss. I can remember feeling the same way on my wedding day as well. So what can we do about this? One of the first things you might want to think about is that maybe you're worrying about nothing. Your fear is that people will bother you and fuss and coo over you and annoy you by invading your personal space with questions and too much attention but that's just your fear they may not actually do this they might be weirdly indifferent or talk about their own pregnancies as i just did or they might behave in all kinds of unpredictable ways possibly all of them annoying or and this is a possibility come on admit it they might even be charming and discreet and give you some space just as your friends have I think what you're facing here is something bigger than the question you've come to me with, and it's a very common thing in pregnancy. You're in a very uncertain and uncontrollable situation. Welcome to parenthood. And suddenly you want to control everyone else's behaviour. Having a parasite in your womb who is going to dictate your life for at least the next 18 years will do that for you. The reality is, though, we can't control other people's behaviour. If they want to ask annoying questions about names, the gender of the baby or the manner of conception, they will. If they want to tell you their entire birth story about how they cut the cord with some ceremonial scissors, orgasmed as they gave birth and then ate the placenta, they will. Again, welcome to parenthood. I did all of these things, by the way. Not even joking. I'm joking. Come on, who eats placenta? I totally had the orgasm. My message here is, in essence, lighten up, live and let live. So others want to make a fuss. Let them fuss. Smile indulgently and play yourself some baby bingo. Tick it off in your head every time someone asks about the name. When you get to half a dozen ticks, award yourself a Jaffa cake. I ate loads of Jaffa cakes during all my pregnancies. I'm surprised the babies did not come out orange. Has anyone talked to Donald Trump's mum about this? The other message is the one I already mentioned, which is both my Christmas wish for all. And my New Year's resolution for 2018 for myself, teach people how to treat you. So you have a choice here. If people start boring the maternity pants off you, say, I'm sorry, I must leave the room. I have morning sickness. Or the baby is lying on my bladder. I have to go pee. You will have taught them how to treat you. They will soon get the message. Meanwhile, to you and your baby, Merry Christmas. Enjoy this time of trying to control your environment. It will be the last Christmas that you will even consider attempting to do so. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk.
0: Thanks for listening. Join us again soon. And sign into the pool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we we'll see you there. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.